I'm Rich Ang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for TGIF, January 12th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Jay, we've got a Toronto intro, but to keep it local, I just saw a cardinal go past my window, which tells you something about how warm it is in the city. And it's funny because I talked to a colleague of ours in Calgary, and they said it's going to be the coldest day on record there, going down to minus 50 very soon. So anyways, the country's weather is kind of crazy right now. All over the maps, as they say. All over the map, but for something a bit more relevant, the next time you hear a Torontonian, one of us, likely, complain about driving in the worst traffic, just know that they aren't exaggerating. Toronto earned the dubious distinction of being North America's most congested city. The average 10-kilometer commute next year, last year took drivers 29 minutes, 50 seconds longer per 10-kilometer than the year before. On a global scale, Toronto was only behind London and Dublin for gridlock. Does that sound about right, TJ? It sounds absolutely right. It sounds absolutely right. This is my first year. This is my first, I think, full year driving. Maybe that's an exaggeration, but it's like pretty close to a full year driving. And yeah, the traffic is tough for sure. And it's, it is, of course, focused on the core, but the highways are bad. The 400s are bad. Getting to and from the east end to the west end. Yeah, getting... that's what I was going to say. If you're staying within your little quadrant, so you're on the west end of the city, and you're just going within the west end of the city, even west end to the core is okay. When you start going west in the east end or north or like going to a different quadrant, it gets long. You're really going to hate when your kids play hockey, Brett. Yeah, my kids won't play hockey due to concerns about concussions. Oh. So I'll avoid that. But not yeah, a lot of concussions in tennis, I guess. No, no. Other injuries for sure, but not a lot of concussions. Not a lot of concussions, Brett. Aside from what we already know about Toronto traffic being awful, what do we have for Pete Cost today? This was a very Toronto-centric intro, so I apologize to the rest of the country. But for our first story, Amazon's illegal bestseller. For our second story, New Deal puts pressure on Ottawa's Chinese mining curbs. And our big picture today. There we go. For our first story, Amazon has rightfully earned the title of the everything store. Unfortunately, everything happens to include illegal weapons, Brett. What kind of weapons are they peddling on Amazon? You know, I'll do the sound. Switchblades, Jay. They're selling illegal switchblades on Amazon, and they're selling them as camping knives. They actually achieved the number one bestseller status on the platform before being taken down last week. That's at least what a CBC investigation found. The knife was bought over 300 times in the past month. One buyer wrote in a review, this is a quote, somehow this very illegal knife made it into my house and I could not be happier. That must yeah. be a review from the U.S. They spoiled it for the rest of us, Jay. Now we can't get the switchblades. Uh, the investigation also found that other illegal items like stun guns and brass knuckles were also for sale, with listings for the stun guns reappearing after being removed. That's stunning news, Brett. To zoom out, Amazon has found itself in hot water before for listing products it wasn't supposed to, either because the items were illegal, like banned gun parts hidden in bike handles, or because they violated site policies like pill presses used for making illicit drugs. Back in the 2019, Amazon warehouses in Canada made headlines after a Montreal woman said she was delivered pepper spray and a stun gun instead of a simple cat dish, an innocuous, innocent cat dish. Oh, she really got the ride into that deal. It matters because Amazon has so much stuff, it's impossible to police everything, especially since third-party sellers account for over 60% of sales. As one member of the restricted products team told the markup, this is a quote, no matter how much we remove, there's always more. While Amazon uses tech to scan for restricted items and requires the use of product identifiers, crafty sellers can get around this by purposefully misidentifying listings. 
They can. And here's what's next. The EU launched a probe into Amazon's consumer protections late last year and demanded details on how the company stops illegal products. Here in Canada, Amazon signed a voluntary pledge, that always works, to strengthen product safety. I guess the switchblades are actually safer now. For our second story, playing the role of the protective dad, the Canadian government is deciding who are acceptable suitors for the country's top mining companies. I like that analogy. So here's what's happening. Chinese mining giant Zijin, I think I'm pronouncing that correct? Not at all, but that's okay, Jay. Am I not? That's okay, Jay. Keep going. I'll I'll correct you in the next line. There we go. They're investing $130 million for 15% stake in Vancouver-based critical minerals company Solaris Resources, the latest in a string of proposed investments by Chinese-based firms into Canada's critical minerals industry. If the investment passes a national security review, it would give Zijin... Oh, a rising mining power in Canada, a sizable influence on the direction of the company. Now, some firms haven't bothered to seek approval for deals with one miner, SRG Mining, even proposing to move its headquarters out of Canada to accept new investments. It matters because, according to the Globe and Mail, the deal will test the limits of a recent crackdown on Chinese investment in the mining sector. In 2022, several companies were ordered to divest Chinese money and virtually ban any investments from the country. China runs the global critical mineral supply chain, including lithium, cobalt, and graphite. It's used this control to hurt Western companies, especially automakers. Lithium and graphite, as well as copper and nickel, are seen as key resources in the green energy transition since they're used in EV batteries and other energy sources. Now, here's the big picture. The government has a tough balancing act ahead, limiting Chinese influence in Canadian mining companies without scaring away the industry's heavy hitters. And for our big picture today, to start, tech layoffs season has begun. Google laid off around 1,000 workers from its hardware, engineering, and voice assistant teams as it aims to cut costs and any division that isn't AI-related is fair game. Earlier this week, Amazon also laid off hundreds of workers from its Amazon Studios production wing and its live streaming service, Twitch. Now, rest in peace, Ed Broadbent. Former federal NDP leader Ed Broadbent passed away at the age of 87. He had been credited for greatly improving the national standing of its party during the leadership tenure between 1975 and 1989 and pushing forward social democratic politics in Canada. After retiring from politics, he founded progressive think tank, the Broadbent Institute. And for our last big picture, speeding up document certification. Canada joined an agreement between 126 countries to streamline certification for documents like contracts or marriage records. Any document certified in Ontario, BC, Alberta, Quebec, and Saskatchewan will now be certified in other member nations. Remaining provinces must still submit through Global Affairs Canada. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second one, I'd follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Have a great and safe weekend, Peak Pals. When you give me shock waves.